Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark of Arsenal TV and Jim Holden of the Sunday Express. Three wins, that's all Leicester need. Will they do a Jordan Spieth and falter down the stretch? If they do, Spurs will be worthy champions. If they don't, some big clubs have got some explaining to do. We'll be looking at a big week in the Cups and Saturday sees what looks like a relegation decider. But first the title, Leicester. They're playing like champions, aren't they? Absolutely they are, yeah. I mean, champions are always able to see games out and Leicester do it better than anybody else. I think when I look at them, I see their work rate, their attitude. Perhaps most importantly, actually, their in-game management is possibly the best I've seen of any team in the Premier League for, for many, many seasons. It's just outstanding. From back to front, every player does the basics brilliantly and that, is the secret behind their success. They've got good players, they've got talent, but if you've got what they have and you can bottle it, then it can take you all the way as we've seen this season. And it can take you all the way around the world, can't it, Jim? You know, if you look at it, this is a great news, good news story for the Premier League. I've got a mate who watched the game against Sunderland in Thailand. There's a pool, there are three massive giant screens, there's booze everywhere, and a rock band are playing. Fantastic. It's wonderful, it, and the story is all around the world. It's not just Thailand, where the owners come from. In America, all the TV channels there are now showing Leicester rather than Manchester United or Chelsea. I've got friends in Italy who are obsessed by the story, think it's fantastic. Obviously, Ranieri comes from Italy. Uh, in Germany, too. And it's fantastic PR for the Premier League to have a different team selling the product. And it's the most amazing story, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the fairy tale, Cinderella Club. You can't you can't pick out what is the, what what is the one area of that team that is, that is so good because it's all over the pitch, isn't it? They've got partnerships that just click. The centre halves, amazing chemistry, able to soak up pretty much everything that, that that teams throw at them. And this midfield too, as Drinkwater and Conte, I don't think I've seen a better midfield too. Maybe since in terms of protecting the back four and doing the dirty work. I would say since Gilberto and Vieira, I would say this is the strongest midfield pairing. And we would never have said that at the start of the season. No, and, and people talk about who's the signing of the season. There are lots of candidates, Dimitri Payet at West Ham maybe, but I, for me it's Conte. Yeah. You know, he's a fantastic player for very little money. 
and it's not just the, the, the running around it's the interceptions he makes so many interceptions that's the essence of the modern game though isn't it Jim mm. it's, it's not sort of the clean out tackle anymore it's it's having the brightness of mind to work out where the ball's going to go absolutely and then use it when you've got it which he can do as well yeah. is, there, is there a better midfielder that does what he does in Europe at the moment I, you I can't think so. And, and that also would beg the question, will Leicester be able to keep people? Because, you know, the way the, the world works, the food chain, how far Le are Leicester up that food well, chain? Well, they're in the Champions League, so that's, that's a good hook for them, isn't it? And they've got something special. And in football, you can go a whole entire career without being part of something that's unique and that will just bring the best out of not just you but the whole team and, and they've got something extra special there and I think it's going to have to probably take if I was a player there yes you'd be tempted by the riches on offer potentially elsewhere but it would have to take a glamour club I think like a Barca or a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich to even get me to think about leaving Leicester because they must be loving it more than at any other stage in their careers. Mm, yeah. And it's all over the pitch, as we say. You know, look at Kasper Schmeichel, 14 mm. clean sheets, more than any other goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's almost eclipsing his dad, isn't he? <laughs> well, he'll never do that, actually. <laughs> Peter was one of the all-time oh, greats. But, yeah, but Kasper's a chip off the old block in, in that he's a very strong mentally goalkeeper. You know, He'll do the star jumps that his dad did. Um, fights, fights for the whole game. And you can see... Cameras turn to him a lot, and his reactions are great, aren't they? Oh, very the much so, yeah. And, it, and he's protected by, by a team that will work very, very hard to, yeah. to keep clean sheets. What I like, and what the big teams surely will learn, and I'm not just talking about Arsenal or, or um, Manchester City here, I'm talking about all the big teams, keeping a fullback back at times. Like, just having your fullbacks playing mm. as defenders, first and foremost. We see it in the modern game. And Spurs do it brilliantly, don't they, with the fullbacks flying. They're brilliant. And they do both sides of the game very well. But, but Leicester, I'm just so impressed by the, the decisions they make. They see one player go and the, the other one just tucks around. They keep things tight. They don't gift anything. This is the influence of Ranieri, because I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he, was, he, he reminded me that at the start of the season they were shipping goals. Yeah. You know, the defence wasn't as tight at the start of the season, and I think this is his Italian mentality that defence first. And he's a very good organiser, brilliant manager. And, you know, There's a lot of rewriting of history going on, isn't there? <laughs> well, with some people, yes. I mean, Gary Lineker, for one, which he's been very happy to do. But yeah. you know, we forget that Ranieri had a, has had a fantastic career. Juventus, Roma, Valencia, Atletico Madrid... Napoli, Monaco, you know, he's managed... Yeah, he's not flashing the pattern, is he? No, and Chelsea, of course. Mm. You know, he's, he's come second four times in major leagues around Europe. Yeah. You know, it's obviously... and, and let's give him some credit. I mean, he's, he's, he's just not touched it, really. And he's, he's found himself a formula. I mean, he's, even his substitutions are pretty formulaic, aren't they? Okazaki will, will run his legs off for 60, <laughs> 65 minutes. On comes Ushoa. Uh, later on, or Brighton or Mahrez will come off for uh, Demarai Gray. It, it's there in stone, but, but his players are following his instructions to the letter and they're not letting him down. It, 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 it's just sensational. In a broader sense also, Jim, you know, one of the things which unites Leicester and Spurs, mm. who let's not forget have been fantastic as well, is recruitment. You know, it's it's the essence of the modern game. Now, you know, you mentioned earlier mm. on about, you know, Kante, what was it, five million pounds, whatever yeah. it was. They have got a structure in place and a strategy which they're working mm. to. It's not rocket science, is it? No, and, and there are lots of things that go to make a great team in recruitment. Good players is one. But going back to what you're saying, something else that... Um, is similar between Leicester and Spurs' spirit. Mm. They have a fantastic team spirit, team ethic. And that comes from the managers, mm. going back to Ranieri and Pochettino. 
And, you know, Pochettino, halfway through the season, when Andros Townsend was playing up out of the club, yeah. mm. you know, the spirit, if you haven't got the spirit right, it doesn't matter how good you are at recruiting, yeah. you will, in mean, Chelsea. So that's got to be right first. Then if you get the good players in as well, yeah. Cover your yeah. mate. That's exactly what it is. You know, you, you've got to be there to bail your mate out, and, and, and Leicester and Spurs do, do that better than anyone else. And I thought I was immensely impressed with that win over Man United because, you know, it, they must have seen that result from Sunderland and thought, oh, here we go again. <laughs> they absolutely took Manchester United apart, which you know, maybe doesn't take a lot these days, but. Mm. It was a fantastic performance, and any other week we'd be raving about that. Yeah, game. we would. It, they steamrolled Manchester United. That's, that's easier than it has been in, in previous years, let's be honest. But you've got to give them credit. They're very, very fit. They're powerful. They actually, they, they, they remind me, and I, I mentioned uh, Gilberto and Vieira earlier, they remind me of, of that Arsenal team, actually, the, the early Wenger years, where it was all about power and pace and good football mm. married with talent. When you've got that cocktail... Of, of, of power, pace, togetherness and great talent, it can take you an awful long way. And that's what we're seeing with Spurs this year. I don't think they've got the greatest individuals throughout the team. They've got special players, but it is there as a unit. They're so fast. And once they get going, as United mm. found to their cost, they're pretty hard to stop. Yeah, and they, they, they have a pressing game which works for them, you know, contrast to Leicester. But you, when you're talking about United being easy to seem roll, well, they're not actually. They mm. have the second-best defence after Spurs in the league yeah, this season. True. You know, they don't lose by many goals. You know, the criticisms are they're boring, they're dull, they're too defensive. But Spurs went through them, which I think was why it was so impressive, actually. Mm. But it was interesting, that all changed when Darmian came on. And then again, that points out what we talked about a little earlier, recruitment. United's recruitment's been poor. It, very poor, and, but uh, it's their young players that come through the academy that have been their best best players in recent yeah. weeks, hasn't it? Foster Mensah obviously was excellent before he had to he's come off. A, he's a bit of an item, isn't he? he he's a unit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's a unit. I wouldn't want, if I was a winger, which I used to be, I wouldn't fancy playing him because he's just a, he's just such an athlete, but he looks like he can play as well. Uh, mm. You know, Rashford, we, we know what he's done, and, and there are a number of others as well. So, so yeah, look, Manchester Louis van Gaal's got out of jail in terms of the poor recruitment because the kids have done well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, take issue a little bit. I think Damien's a bad recruit. He, he's an Italian international right back of the moment. You know, he's a mm. decent player. But he's struggled though, isn't but he? He's struggled in that game. He's had, he's had injuries. He's coming back for injuries. So mm. I think give him a little bit of a break. Mm. You know, he just he's been on the field for two minutes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, I, just, I, mean, I just think there are a lot of lot of players there. I mean, just think about no, I agree. Marcus I think, Rocco. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he, is There's he a Manchester mistake United in him player? every game. Isn't is, there, it? is he a Manchester United? Dan, I think, I think their recruitment problem is. No good striker. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of money on Martial as a kid, mm. Mm. and central midfield is a big problem for them. Oh, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. they end up playing Ashley Young there. Yeah. Well, they end up playing the centre forward, which yeah. is crazy with Martial on the wing. I mean, that was yeah, that's a bigger problem. They're million miles away, aren't they? And yeah. does that point out? You know, I think we have to accept the logic of what Van Gaal was saying when he said Manchester United is a bigger club mm -hmm. than Tottenham, mm. but in terms of effectiveness, Tottenham dodged the bullet when they didn't give him the job, didn't they? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, well, they've got, they've got themselves a young manager that's, A, hungry to prove himself, and, and B, just very, very good at his job. Yeah. He, he's, he's fresh, isn't he? And he's got yeah. new ideas, and he is, he is taking Spurs forward in, in leaps and bounds. And you can't say that Louis van Gaal has done that. And, and what you say about Spurs and Leicester, actually, is that they've got their best team. We all know what their best mm. team is. 
United, we don't know what their best team Absolutely. is at all. We don't know what Arsenal's is because they're hardly ever fit enough to start. You could look at Chelsea, Liverpool, all the rest of them, even City. They don't know which is the best eleven. Leicester and Spurs, you do. Yeah, I think we'll get a, uh, a test of where Man United and Spurs lie, maybe this summer, because the, the rumour is that the manager that Man United really want, if they get rid of Ron Hull, is Maurizio Pochettino. Mm. <laughs> Will he go? Will he be lured to Man if, if he is... Then you'll, then you'll get the answer to which is the bigger club. Mm. <laughs> I think he's going to get a rather large wage rise, isn't he, very, very soon? Well, they're trying Spurs. to weigh him in already, aren't they? I thought it was yeah. 27 million. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think years. there'll be much difference in the wages offered by the clubs. Mm. That's true. I don't yeah. think there will be. Yeah. So what about, you know, we, we, obviously managers are always in vogue. Let's look at those who, who might do a Pochettino. Mm. I've been hugely impressed by Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. Again, they... I've just got to 41 points, which is a fantastic achievement. Where do you see him going in the future, Jim? Um, well, I hope he stays at Bournemouth and wins the league with them. <laughs> as, as yes, we can't have two miracles. It doesn't sound as silly Why? as it might have done. No, well, yeah, <laughs> 12 months ago it just sounded completely mad. Now, why is, it, why, why is that mad now? Shouldn't the Leicester, lesson of Leicester be that... They underachieved them, Bournemouth. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you can get glory everywhere. You don't have to go to a big club to do it. Mm. Um, but in terms of, you know, OK, the resources financially are there, but you know, if you, with all respect, if you go to, I don't know, Real Madrid and, and you're a player mm. at yeah. Real Madrid and you say, OK, I've got a chance to sign for Manchester United or Arsenal or Bournemouth, yeah. where are you going to go? No, of course. So, yeah, but, but Leicester shouldn't be where they are now. If you ask me seriously where Ali Howe should go, well, Arsenal would be a fantastic fit mm. when Arsene Wenger decides to stop because he's not going to be sacked, you know. Arsene Wenger will decide when he's going to leave. Mm. Um, and he would be a fantastic fit. And I would say stay at Bournemouth, keep yeah, doing keep your doing, job keep there. Yeah, keep doing what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not only a, a former player at yeah. Arsenal, Adrian, mm. you know, you're a student of the club as well. Yeah. When do you see that transition occur? In 2017? Um, possibly. I think that's when the manager's contract yeah. expires uh, and they've got a decision to make. I wouldn't be surprised if they extended it. And uh, I mean, I know that sounds maybe um, funny to some people at the moment, um, given that Arsenal aren't going to win the league or win a trophy this year. But, but yeah, I totally agree with Jim. I think he would decide when he walks away and whether he feels he can't take the, the team forward. At the moment, I still believe he, he, he believes in this team and that he can improve them with major reinforcements this summer. But look into, into the crystal ball. Who knows? There aren't a whole load of obvious candidates to replace Arsene Wenger, are there? And, mm. and, and, and that's obvious. Pep Guardiola was... was I would say, the the, the nailed-on fit. Mm. Um, Eddie Howe, we don't know. I mean, it's different managing Bournemouth to Arsenal because you've got to look after superstars. And uh, expectations. And well. expectations. And, and um, playing in front of 60,000 everywhere is, is very different and, and you need to um, handle players differently as well. So, so can he do that? We won't find out until, until he actually gets a major job. But wouldn't it be good for English football if a club like Arsenal appointed Eddie Howe? That'd be fabulous. Mm. But there must be, Jim, at Arsenal, this great sense of, of what if. Oh, I'm sure there is, yeah. I'm sure there is. And there will be for all the big clubs this season. Um, you know, Arsenal are almost... I mean, they're the best of the big clubs in the league, yeah. so, you know, although people are criticising them, actually, they've had another good season, but, you know, they'll be thinking... But good's why? not good enough, is it, Jim? Well, that's... I, I, not I don't in the world really... in which we live now, because it's, yeah, well, it's so I... much more pressurised, so much more elitist. People demand 
yeah, the but highest I, success. Yeah, but I think that's a... Well, it's it doesn't matter what people demand, yeah, it's, what, it's what Arsenal's board expect uh, well, from, from their team yeah, as well. It's a fallacy because not every team can win everything all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, Arsenal have had a fantastic run under Arsene Wenger. He's been brilliant for the club. Yeah. Yeah, he will have a big regrets about this season. If, if they bought, if he bought a dynamic, brilliant centre-half, they would probably be winning the league the, this year. The centre-half is, is, has been an issue. They haven't found a great partnership all season. Koscielny and Mertesacker and Koscielny and Gabriel haven't quite clicked over a period of games. They've had good days mm. together, good uh, two, three games together. Haven't been able to find that partnership, that, that, that Aldevar, Aldevar-Tongan chemistry, the Hooth, the Morgan. They haven't been able to do it regularly. They do need another centre-half, for sure. If Arsenal, well, Arsenal aren't going to win the league now, and I'd put it down to two things, and, and I don't think either, actually, is Arsenal Wenger's fault. One, poor finishing. They've created more chances than anyone else this year. They, they, they should have scored a hat full more. And the centre-halves. They've, they've, they've just had too many off days this season. Mm. Because they treated Andy Carroll as though he was mm. a great surprise, some sort of visitor from Mars. <coughs> well, he is in the way that there's <laughs> almost nobody left, left like him in playing in top-flight football. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that it didn't have Murdersack at least as a, a, a giant figure uh, to oppose him. Um, and Carroll gave lots of teams trouble. I mean, even then, Arsenal were bossing the game at 2-0. Mm. And you were talking about game management of Leicester. Yeah. That's what Arsenal didn't have, the game management. And they're not, they're not as good on the ball as they were even five years ago, Arsenal, I don't think. No, and they miss Cazorla. Cazorla is that, is that guy that just keep, keeps control of things yeah. in the middle of midfield. And they, and they haven't had that, that same control in his absence. Yeah, you're right to point out game management. That's, that's been an issue. And I, you can't just pin it on the centre-halves. It's decision-making, isn't it? It's mm. using your head. Uh, yes, the managers, managers can scream and shout from the sidelines. But these aren't kids we're talking about. They're experienced international footballers. And they should know that when you play against Andy Carroll, yeah. you need to concentrate extra hard on stopping the cross. And Arsenal didn't do yeah. that. Mm. Then, the centre-halves inside the box also need to be aware that when the cross comes in the box, I need to be touched tight to Andy Carroll. I cannot afford to let that guy have a four-yard run-up on me or let him peel on the, on the full-back, and they did that. And it, it's just decisions like that under pressure that have let them down this year. Inevitably, Jim, mm. we're hearing about, oh, let's go and take Andy Carroll to the Euros for mm. England. What do you think? Well, where does he get into the squad? Um, Roy Hodgson is already worried about, well, not worried, but has a, has a difficult choice between six strikers. Carroll will make it seven. Harry Kane, absolutely certain to be in the team, never mind the squad. Jamie Vardy has to go. Wayne Rooney is the captain, certain to go. Danny Welbeck is a fantastic player. He will be going. Then you've got one of Daniel Sturridge, yeah. high class, fits in with England's play. Theo Walcott, Raheem Sterling... Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll doesn't fit the way England play now, their athleticism. He's, he's a 10-minute no substitute. Do you take leave one of those players out for a 10-minute substitute? I don't think no so. Chance. One player he probably will leave out is Theo Walcott. Is he at the crossroads now? Yeah, he, I think, yes. I, I'd like, I think he's had a, a bad runner for no doubt about that. I still think, at his best, he is a unique talent that almost every other club would want to have up their sleeves. I just think his confidence has been dented this year and he needs to bounce back from it. He needs to show that he's got the desire to to come back and prove um, to Arsene Wenger that, that he belongs at Arsenal and that he can be a difference maker in the seasons to come. At the moment, you, you maybe ask the Arsenal fans, you give you, you uh, do a survey, you say, OK, if you've got, you got X amount for the Walcott, would you take it? I think half of them would, and you wouldn't have said that um, at the start of this season. So mm. it's been a disappointing campaign, 
But I wouldn't write him off because he is different and, and different is definitely good. Yeah, and just going back to Carroll, it was interesting that Slavon Bilic, after Saturday's game, he scored a hat-trick, he's, he's made a good decision to play him, yeah. and yet his response was, well, Carroll isn't dedicated enough at the moment. Okay. Mm. He used that word, yeah. not dedicated <laughs> enough, to be Premier League striker. Wow. Very interesting yeah. comment, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, the development of a player or the fulfilment of potential is such a, an intangible process sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. You look at Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I thought he was going to absolutely fly this season. Yeah. Seems to have lost confidence. There's now even talk of Southampton going back and saying, well, why don't you come back to us? Yeah, he's very hard on himself, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It sounds strange to say, and it may be similar with Theo Walker. They're both intelligent guys. They're bright mm. kids, and they think about football a lot. And I, there's a part of me that, that wonders if they think too much about it and if they read too much about the negative comments, the criticism about their play and then it affects them. You get certain types and I imagine I would put Wayne Rooney in this category, Jamie Vardy. Mm. I, I would say that it's water off a duck's back. They wouldn't care if they had a bad game. It wouldn't affect them. They'll just come back and do the same again. The Ox and Theo are a bit more fragile. Yeah, um, when I've watched Oxlade Hamilton this season, he's been trying too hard. Yes, that's Just trying too hard, exactly. And mm. You know, that's the worst thing you can do as a sportsman, try too hard. Yeah, and mm. they need good management and, 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 and nursing in there. But the, the problem is, from Arsene Wenger's point of view, he wants to give Theo a chance, he wants to mm. give the Ox a run, but he also needs to win games, and, and neither of them have delivered enough in product to justify a regular start ahead of the likes of, of Alexis. Let's mm. look then, Jim, at, at the Cups. Yeah. Big week again. They're all big weeks this, you know, <laughs> at this time of year, aren't they? West Ham, Man United... You know, I, I, I see West Ham favourites for that FA Cup quarter-final replay. Absolutely, because they're at home, yes. I mean, I think they're pretty even overall as, as teams and clubs at the moment, but home, home advantage probably just for West Ham. Yeah. They've got a bit of momentum about them, haven't they? Well, they, yeah, they have. They played well against Arsenal. Not, not brilliantly, I've got to say. It, it was more about the ammunition they were supplying for, for Andy Carroll. The, the three guys, I guess the difference maker as a pirate is ob obvious, but Lanzini and Antonio have come to the fore, haven't they, this season? I mean, Lanzini really took my eye in the game against Arsenal, and he has done sort of he's flown beneath the radar a touch because he's this number 10 that keeps the ball really mm. nicely but he also you'll notice he drops back and becomes an auxiliary central midfielder as well puts the tackles in Nick's possession he is a player that, that we talked about signings yeah. of the season I mean mm. he, he'd come from absolutely nowhere and mm. Bilic deserves credit for that yeah, yeah. And, and Bilic you know, we, we have to give him credit for making a huge impact in, as, as manager. Absolutely, because he had a, a, a terrible start. They, they lost uh, games in the, to very lowly That's opponents. It, yeah, yeah. Lost to Bournemouth, didn't they? In the, no, in the in, uh, Europa League qualifiers. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. had terrible, terrible performances and results. Mm. But he's, he's grown into the season. I mean, he's been a high-class manager for a long time. He was a manager of Croatia when they knocked England out of... Um, yeah. The, the European... Yeah, Euro European 2008. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he's been around for a long time, working well. Um, so it shouldn't be a surprise, as it shouldn't have been a surprise that Ranieri was a high-class coach. No. I still, I, Man United, you shouldn't write Man United off on no. in, in the FA Cup. You know, for all the, the problems they've had, Van Hagen can still set up a team to defend. It wouldn't surprise me if it went to penalties. Mm. What about across Manchester at Manchester City? <laughs> you know, PSG, it's very, very uh, finely balanced. Mm. Have they got the the nerve and the collective character to see it through? I've got my doubts, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think it was a fabulous result to a piece, obviously, in Paris. Um, great going forward. Not so good at the back, you've got to say, and that is the issue, in my view. I, can they keep a clean sheet against PSG? 
I don't think so. I, I, I don't think they do have that unity, the togetherness that we've mm. been talking about. And that, I think, will be a problem. I, I still would make PSG the favourites. Um, obviously, David Luiz is, is out of this run. don't think that's going to weaken them. <laughs> um, and, uh, the, the, you know, with Zlatan, Cavani, um, Di Maria around, I just see those three scoring probably at least twice at the Etihad. In that context then, Jim, mm-hmm. are they going to take a gamble and get company back ASAP? They'll be very tempted to do that, very tempted. And it, and it might backfire because the last time he came back, he had to go off after a little while. PSG missing Matuidi is actually a very, yeah, very a good, good player. Mm. I think this is a 50-50 match because City don't have to win. Nil-nil and 1-1 one, one sends mm. them through. So I, I think Not many nil-nillers at the Etihad, though. No, no, mm. but depends how they, they might set up defensively, mm. you know. Mm. I think it's a 50-50 yeah, match. Yeah, if they set up defensively, the, the question I'd ask is, is, is their back four and the two midfield players, is that a strong enough unit to withstand the pressure of, of PSG? But based on what I saw of them against Chelsea, no. PSG had an off night, I think, in the first mm-hmm. leg. It, it would take another off night, I think, for City it's, to go through. It is strange, isn't it? A team of that quality, with that ambition, you look at their fullbacks and you just think, well, that's a maybe... Mid-table team. Well, they're aging, aren't they? They're yeah. aging. They've been good players in their time. You know, Sanya, Kolarov, Klichy, all, all decent. Zabaleta, but but yeah, I think I think they're not their race isn't run. But but in terms of this summer, I would imagine that Pep Guardiola might be looking to offload the lot of them. He could easily yeah. ship all of them out and get four younger models in. Yeah, well, it's an, that's the biggest problem for City. Is it's an aging team, aging together. You know, very very few young legs. I mean, Spurs, one of the great things Spurs have is athleticism and energy, mm. young legs, and City don't have that. Um, mm. But they also have some experience there. And, I, I, and a lot of quality. And a lot of quality. And if they play defensively, they can be very good on the counter-attack. Yeah, I think they should play attacking. attacking. I think mm. they should go they'll for Just it. go at them. They did, it, they did it in Paris, didn't they? Mm. And they got a good result. You know, just go at it. Aguero, De Bruyne, just always throw caution to the wind. I know that... They can't afford to concede goals, but I don't think they're good enough to keep them out. So win this one 3-2. That's mm. their best best bet. You talked a little bit about there, Jim, about energy and athleticism. Well, you could be talking about Klopp's ideal version of Liverpool. Absolutely. You've got this game against Dortmund. Mm. It's obviously the be-all and end-all for both teams' season. Well, Liverpool rested seven at the weekend. Mm. Dortmund rested eight first-team yeah. players. How do you see that going? Well, Liverpool won and Dortmund didn't, so... Um as a result, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's a 50-50 match. Definitely. Again, I think Dortmund overall are slightly superior, maybe, but Liverpool have got home advantage, which with a cop, and you know there's many famous European nights at Anfield. Um, I think it's 50-50, and again, Liverpool don't have to win. No, no that's interesting. You know, you know, you played in the Premier League. Mm. The atmosphere as a player. Mm. Now we talk, you know, Liverpool. It will be it will be insane on yeah. Thursday night. Mm. It'd be fantastic. Does that get through to a player? Um, it can. Not. Not. It, it depends. You mean in a good way answer. or a bad way? It, it, well, either. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I was there actually um, for the Liverpool Chelsea game in 05 where Garcia scored the ghost goal. Now that I was, was there it, too, yeah. that was yeah. an infamous night in terms of mm. noise levels. It yeah. was insane, and and I looked down at that Chelsea team when they were lining up ahead of the kickoff, and I thought. They must, they must be scared of this a little bit. Mm. They must be. And they played like they were. It definitely affected them that night. That, that, that is a, an advantage for Liverpool ahead of this game. But look, Dortmund have got the better team, in my view. They've got the match winners in Aubameyang and Royce that, in my view, 
might be too hot to handle for Liverpool's defence, but but you'd give them a good shout at this game. It should be a belter. I thought the first match Liverpool did excellently. And the other great game of the week on Saturday, <laughs> Norwich Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the original death match now, isn't it? <laughs> How do you see that going, Jim? Well, I think it's impossible to call. I mean, they, they, Norwich have had better results recently, but Sunderland have been playing quite well despite losing matches and only drawing. So, I think it's very hard to call. Very, I mean. The last time we were here together, yeah. Norwich had just uh, bought closer. Yes. Mm. And we weren't sure. He's been a really good signing. Is it, After is a dodgy it, start, he came dodgy, good, didn't he? He's, yeah. he's come good. Um, but I, is there a bit of fragility about Norwich? Of course, it's about both <laughs> clubs. <laughs> yeah. Look where yeah. they are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in the relegation scrap. Of course, they're, they're yeah, fragile. Definitely. There's problems. You know, they don't score enough goals. They concede too many goals. Um, yeah, this, the, the, this match could be anything. There's more faults than, 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 than <laughs> plus points for these two yeah. sides. What I would say, Norwich have a bit more hunger, I would say. I think there's a little bit something about them character-wise under Alex Neil that makes me fancy them. But then you've got the organisation and the nous mm. of Sam Allardyce, which, which is obviously that an advantage for, for Sunderland. Yeah, it, it is impossible to call. One thing I do know, if Norwich win this game, I think they're safe. I, I, really, mm. I think they'll only need one... One more win, or even just a point, because I've looked at the fixtures. And Newcastle, I can only get them se see them getting seven points max, mm. and that's not enough. And that means northeast football's disaster area, because you know best win in the world. Okay, they've got four home games, Newcastle, mm. and they're marginally better at home than they are away, <laughs> which isn't difficult. Newcastle, Sunderland, in the championship. Mm. What does that say? Well, it says both clubs have been run very badly in recent times. They bought badly. And, and now I've got two highly experienced managers who are struggling to keep them up. Um, North East Football will probably have Middlesbrough up next season, who are actually a very good team with a very yeah. good manager. So it's not all gloom and doom for the North East, uh, just by uh, the way. Uh, <laughs> Middlesbrough built their team around a solid defence, and that is what Newcastle and Sunderland haven't done. They've brought shocking defenders. I mean, mm. Sunderland, the way Sunderland defended early in the season, you just thought, what the heck were they thinking when they were buying these th these guys? They've improved steadily over the course of the year. And Newcastle, it's great. You know, you buy the Shelvies and the Townsends, good players, Mitrovic, talent, Wijnaldum, who's been pretty good. But come on, don't ignore the defence. They are mm. woeful at the back. I, I was sat here, I think, not that long ago and said, I think... Newcastle have got a chance. I, I see positive signs. I was wrong. I, I, should have, I, should, I should have seen beyond those little positive signs. They can't defend, and that's why they're going to go down. They will. Mm. And so, as a final sort of point, who will go down? Uh, sorry, who will survive? Let's put it like that. Um, well, if, if there's a winner from Norwich Sunderland, that will be the club. If it's a draw, it'll go to the last day of the season between those two. I think Newcastle are down. Yeah. yeah. So, getting off the fence or not? Come on, Jim. Uh, <laughs> well, because Norwich are at home this Saturday, I'll say Norwich. Yeah. Um, what do you think, I think. I don't really think it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Sunderland are going to stay up. You know, they, they've done it over and again, haven't they, in recent seasons? And I just got a fancy they might win at Norwich and just edge it. Just like Adrian, I'm not sure why I'm saying this either. They can't score. They don't keep clean sheets. I'm not that sure about the manager. But Sunderland to survive somehow. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.